Welcome to P.S. Blossom, a podcast series driven by purpose and the belief that each of us has the power to transform the world for the better. We are here to be a catalyst for activism. We believe in empowering individuals and powers communities. We also recognize that unless we engage in the issues of race, gender, and class within reproductive and maternal health, we cannot be a part of the solution. Our goal with P.S. Blossom is to empower all women, especially Black, Indigenous, and women of color, to advocate for their health care their way. These are conversations creating change. Please be sure to like, subscribe, leave comments, and share. Hi, everyone. I am the host of P.S. Blossom, Victoria Griffin. And today we're going to be talking about PCOS with Dr. Ami Patel. Dr. Patel, would you introduce yourself? Sure. My name is Ami Patel. I'm a pharmacist and I also have PCOS and I'm super excited about our talk today. It is PCOS Awareness Month, so I think it's really fitting to have this conversation right now. Can you tell us about your journey? And I know that you also founded a company throughout your journey. So can you share with us what you do at your company? Yeah, of course. I was diagnosed with PCOS in 2013. And at that time, I didn't really understand it too well. So I was just given birth control. And I was told, you don't have to worry about PCOS, just take birth control until you want to have kids. And then we can help you if you need help at that time. And I was just doing like, yearly follow-ups with the provider and not much focus on it. I didn't even really actually understand it. And even going through pharmacy school as a healthcare provider, I unfortunately didn't learn too much about it either. Mm-hmm. And then recently until like about three years ago, after I had gotten married and my husband, who's a physician, was telling me that some of the symptoms that I have are related to PCOS. And I was like, oh, I don't think you know what you're talking about. I'm a birth control. <laughs> Like there's nothing wrong with me, but I was having hair loss and acne, mood swings. And I used to live in North Carolina. I moved to New York and then I was starting to get a seasonal depression. And he was telling me that he thinks all of this is related to PCOS. And I ignored him for a while, but he kept insisting. So I went to Google and looked up PCOS and I started to realize that, oh, wow, like everything that I'm going through, I thought was like a normal part of my life, but it is actually symptoms of PCOS. I was having trouble losing weight. I was getting like intense sugar cravings. So all of those things, I just thought I had a sweet tooth or I wasn't working out hard enough, but it really all came back to PCOS. And I started to learn more about it. And then last year in 2020, right before COVID, I started to see a couple of providers, ask for help from them, like endocrinologists. And Mm. with the pandemic, it was hard. It was like right at that time when everyone was like, oh, everything's going virtual. We're not taking new patients. So then I had to figure it out on my own with trial and error. And through that time frame, like, Uh, towards the end of 2020, I was trying to manage my PCOS, but throughout all of that, I was feeling like really alone and I was feeling really lost. And like my husband, he was supportive. He doesn't have PCOS, so he's not going through it. And so then I decided to start my 
PCOS Healing Adventure account and the YouTube channel and also on Instagram, just opening up about it, sharing my story and hoping to connect with other people. And then after I did that, I started to realize that it is actually really common. Just a lot of people don't talk about it, mostly because, you know, they don't understand it and there just isn't enough research or information in the medical field either. And through that, I've been able to connect with women and women have been reaching out to me for help as well and guidance. So then that's when I decided to start like my one-on-one coaching program. Wow, that's amazing. That was the action that you took from your experience of going through it and realizing that it was, it's really common and people just don't know that they have it. You said something that I found interesting. You said your husband was constantly telling you, and then you went to Google. What was that like? Hearing it from your husband, but also going to Google, and then the people that you went to before when you were talking to doctors and clinicians, and they were telling you that you were fine, like that it was just take birth control that will help with the symptoms. And so to hear that and go to the experience with your husband and then go to the experience of having to navigate it by yourself, what was that like? What the... Healthcare professionals, I think they definitely try their best to help us. It's just that mm-hmm. there's not enough research with PCOS, so they don't have all the tools or resources to provide mm-hmm. the they need. And birth control can mask the symptoms, but I was on it for seven years. And after a point, either it's medication can only do so much sometimes. And for me, it wasn't giving me the benefits that it was before. And yeah. It was a little frustrating for me because I have a family history of diabetes and none of let's get you to see an endocrinologist with this history and with having PCOS, let's test insulin levels, let's get a testosterone level checked. I myself decided that I should go see an endocrinologist for these things and I had to seek out someone that had at least a little bit of experience with PCOS, request these things and I guess, fortunately, with my medical background, I was able to think these are the labs I want and manage it together with them. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. I was thinking there are people that may not know why you need to go see an endocrinologist. So I do want to come back to that. But about PCOS, can you describe what PCOS is and what causes it? So PCOS stands for polycystic ovarian syndrome, or sometimes also known as PCOD, polycystic ovarian disease. And it is kind of um, misnamed, I guess, because it says cyst, but it's not really cyst that you have on your ovaries. It's follicles, which are formed every time your body tries to have a period. But if it's not able to, mm-hmm. follicles form around cysts, form around the ovaries. So that's why it's called polycystic ovarian. And syndrome comes from the fact that there's lots of symptoms that are associated with PCOS. Things like if you're not having a regular period, you're having a hormone imbalance, and that can lead to high levels of insulin, which leads to high levels of testosterone. And that presents in the form of things like acne, hair Mm -hmm. loss, wanted growth, like uh, facial hair around the jawline, things like that. There's not a definite cause for PCOS, but there's a lot of factors that can influence someone having PCOS. Some of it can be genetic, such as having family history of insulin resistance or hormonal imbalance, like with Mm -hmm. other your family, other 
things could be like environmental factors, like constantly being exposed to toxins, which like unfortunately in our society is more common now in things like fruits and vegetables that you eat, as well as like products that we use on a day-to-day basis. But the accumulation of that over many years, that could be a factor as well as things like stress. So a lot of those factors can cause someone to have PCOS. So it's not just one cause. And many women may feel like, oh, I caused my PCOS, but that's a really big myth and no one should feel like they caused it. It's has it's a lot of different factors that go into the cause of PCOS. So like with the causes, and I'm glad you said that because my next question was going to be, well, with some of the causes being things like stress, how can you prevent it? But that goes back to the blaming piece around it's my fault that I have PCOS. So what are some of the hardest parts of having PCOS and how can people navigate that? Yeah, I think there's a lot of things that are difficult with having PCOS. Like I mentioned, the lack of research in the medical field right now is really frustrating, which causes there to be a lot of misinformation out there as well as like confusing information and just not enough information on what actually works. So that's like Mm -hmm. really aspect. And I think feeling alone through it, just with the lack of awareness, there's not that community. There's other effects of PCOS that affect women, like just how you feel about yourself, the self-confidence when you have like acne and hair loss, like that takes an effect on someone as well as like the mental health aspect that comes into it. All of those Things can lead to someone feeling really anxious and depressed in situations. So how do you, how does one manage it? How does one navigate that, especially with the lack of community and knowledge around that area? I think for me personally, like, I think the best thing I did was open up about PCOS. And I think, unfortunately, in certain communities, like women of color, we may face this mm-hmm. coming from a South Asian background. It's like some of the topics are really taboo in our society, depression, infertility, and having to go through that alone. I think opening opening up about it has really helped me connect with other women that have gone through the same thing, that understand and forming that community. There is more research that is happening now, and I think with more awareness and many providers realizing that there are detrimental effects. If PCOS is not managed, like women, those mental health issues, facing infertility, facing developing diabetes or other like cardiac conditions down the road. So I think providers are realizing that we need to take PCOS more seriously and start managing better. So there is hope for people in the future. And there are some providers that actually have experience with PCOS and many dietitians, specifically people with PCOS. So I think there are a few resources out there and there is going to be more research in the future for sure. And even with COVID, actually, there have been some trials at the effect of COVID in women with PCOS saying that they're at an increased risk of getting COVID as well as having complications from it. So there's definitely got more research coming up for sure. So I am hopeful for the future. That is hopeful. (laughs) So in talking about community, how can 
um, those with this, how, how can their friends and family support them more? Definitely. Yeah, so PCOS is definitely very individualized. Like some women may have certain symptoms, other women don't, and things that work for some people don't work for other people. So I think as a person that has PCOS, you should definitely express to your family and friends like how they can help you. And as someone who wants to help someone with PCOS, you can definitely ask them, how can I help you in this situation? Because the needs that everyone has is very different. But in general, people should be really mindful of how they talk to someone. Don't say that, oh, I know, like, oh, you have a bald spot. You know, I feel like it's common mm-hmm. sense. The things that people say. The person already knows that what they're going through. You don't have to point out to them that they're losing hair or that they have acne or hair in unwanted places or that they're having a hard time losing weight. Like, they already know those things. And um, just being mindful of how... Don't even say that at all, really. It's a, a common courtesy. Yeah. Okay. So what are some of the most common questions that you get from people who have PCOS? I think there's like a few misconceptions about PCOS. Like when people first get diagnosed with PCOS, like one thing I talked about is they think it's their fault, which is definitely mm-hmm. not... A second thing is that they might get told that they're going to have a hard time having kids, which is not necessarily always true for everyone that has PCOS. A lot of people think that, oh, just because I have PCOS, I now have infertility, but that's not 100% true either. That's a common misconception or question that I get. Can PCOS be cured or is there a cure for PCOS? Mm -hmm. So PCOS is something you're going to have lifelong for the rest of your life, but the symptoms can definitely be managed with um, lifestyle changes, the help of, you know, medications, supplements if needed. So you get your hormones balanced so that your, you know, insulin level isn't high, your testosterone level, and therefore you're not having the symptoms of like hair loss and acne and you're getting regular periods, which will help you when you want to have a baby. Gotcha. In terms of navigating this journey, does it look differently for women of color than in than non-women of color? I think that in terms of women of color, there's the barriers that exist with like maybe access to health care or knowledge about health care that can impact how they manage their PCOS or even know about their PCOS. We didn't mention this, but really one in five to one in 10 women have PCOS, which is actually like a lot of people. And likely we all know at least one person that has PCOS. But the unfortunate thing is that it's really like underdiagnosed or misdiagnosed. Sometimes it gets labeled as other health conditions. So that is one of the issues that we as a society face, but with women of color not having access to medical knowledge or the healthcare system further delays their diagnosis of PCOS. Yeah. And not getting the support from our communities or not being able to express what we're going through with mental health or infertility or just how you feel with having PCOS. 
Yeah, I think you shared this earlier, like the taboo, the silencing around these different topics because of society. <laughs> yeah. I think you've said this, but it is possible to have PCOS and not know. And yes. you shared some of the symptoms. Can you talk through that? Definitely. Like ever since I started talking about it earlier this year, a few people have said to me, wow, I'm so happy that you started talking about it because I didn't know that the symptoms that I had are actually like related to PCOS. I just thought that was my life. And then they went to a provider and got like a diagnosis so there are many women out there that don't know that they have PCOS. That's why the exact number, like one in five to one in 10, because we truthfully don't really know. So some of the symptoms we talked about, like trouble losing weight, having intense sugar cravings or feelings of getting hungry all the time because of your blood sugar imbalance, things like hangry, like my friends would call me hangry sometimes. And I just thought, okay, I'm that type of person, but really it was because of my PCOS. And now mm-hmm. that I'm realizing that's, it's not who I am. It's just because it was because of my PCOS. So those are some of the symptoms. And then not having periods at all. And also mm-hmm. like other periods, which would be like, 35 days or longer. And then another thing is if you get an ultrasound, you would see those follicles around the ovaries. So those three are some of the diagnostic criteria for determining if you have PCOS or something you can ask your provider. Like, I think I have these symptoms and I would like to get tested for these things. Gotcha. And I like that you said that's something that an ultrasound would pick up so that they know what to ask for if their provider is saying that oh we can do blood work or something like that there is some blood work that would show like high levels of insulin and testosterone which isn't always tested for like i was mentioning even in my case that's something that someone would have to ask for if you check my hormones can you also please check my insulin level and testosterone level so those are some things this is one of the things that frustrates me is like our language around our periods we always have negative association with it oh it's an annoyance or oh i'm happy i don't have my period but we really have to realize there are so many health benefits of having a regular cycle not just if you have pcos but in general there's it's of having a regular cycle and when it's not regular once in a while you start learning like the impact of stress, if you have a stressful month or if you travel, then you start to realize, oh, these are the things that impact my cycle. So what I'm hearing is that there's work that has to be done by the individual before they get to the provider, like paying attention to their body, noticing what may not feel right, even if it's, there are others that may dismiss it. It seems like it's like a big theme here. Unfortunately, I know many people with PCOS have had that experience where they do get dismissed by their providers, where they get told, like, you don't have PCOS or have something else or just take birth control, even if the individual is saying, I don't want to take birth control, I want something else. So having that information, like keeping track of this time, my cycle was like this, or I have these symptoms and I've had them for this long. You have a better case for yourself when you're speaking to a provider. You have more confidence that this is what I want. And 
I want you to give it to me because these are the reasons why I think I have this. And it's really unfortunate that sometimes you have to do that. But I know that's what you guys are advocating here too, right? Teaching people to advocate for their own health. And this is definitely mm-hmm. one way to do that is keeping track and being aware of your body. Yeah, that's part of the process. <laughs> I love that you said that. <laughs> So do you know of any resources people can turn to? Because I feel like Google has so much information. Like it's just so much. So do you know any specific resources that people can turn to when they're wanting to find out more about PCOS and how to navigate the journey and questions they should be asking their provider? Definitely. There are a couple of organizations that are really good. There's PCOS Challenge, which is a national organization, they do a lot for PCOS advocacy. They go to meet people of Congress to help get some of the laws changed so Mm -hmm. that things can be covered and insurance and there's more research for PCOS. So that's such a really good organization. And their website has a lot of resources as well. And... um, Yes, we can post them. (laughs) Someone asked if we can post them on our ID page. Yes, we can. (laughs) And a PCOS Awareness Association is also a really great website where you can learn more about PCOS. If you want to know more about it or if you think someone has it, you can learn more about that. And then if you're seeking help from a healthcare professional, I would definitely ask them, do you have experience working with people that have PCOS because I know that the number one thing that people with get told is to work on their diet and to lose weight which is really difficult to do when it's hard for people to understand that the weight that is gained is actually due to the hormone imbalance caused by PCOS not the other way around people think that weight the weight causes PCOS which is definitely not true And I think working with providers that understand PCOS, like if you get recommended to go to a dietitian, then ask and make sure that dietitian has experience working with someone that has PCOS because there's definitely different considerations for that person. Um, And sometimes people with PCOS are prone to more mental health issues. So sometimes certain Methods that dietitians use may, you know, cause eating disorders in people with PCOS. So mm-hmm. you be mindful of those things. And I think people that have experience working with people that have PCOS, they understand that a bit better. And even if you see like a therapist or an endocrinologist, it would be helpful or like a physical personal trainer. If you just, I think, communicating to them that, hey, I have PCOS, like, This is what it means. And things that work for people that don't have PCOS don't always work for people that have PCOS. So it's definitely important to express that. And then they're working with you. (laughs) Working with me. (laughs) Um, So with the coaching program that I'm going to officially launch by the end of this year, but I am taking clients now and it's a 12-week holistic coaching program. So holistic means that we don't focus just on diet and exercise, but we also, in addition to those things, focus on sleep management, stress management. I also review labs and I can provide personalized supplement recommendations. So if you guys 
questions or if you're interested in working with me, then send me a DM. And then I also have a YouTube channel where I talk about like my own PCOS journey, as well as other resources, like learning about your period cycle and talking about things like the benefits of progesterone. And I also have conversations with other healthcare providers, a naturopathic doctor, as well as a dietitian. Awesome. So I have a couple more questions for you. How do you believe the pandemic has exacerbated the, the journey around PCOS? That's a good question. I am surprised, but there is some research about the fact of people with PCOS are at increased risk of getting COVID. And if they do get COVID, they're at increased risk of having complications. Like I mentioned, just because of the hormone imbalance and our pre- disposition to other conditions like diabetes and cardiac conditions. That is definitely important to know. And in general, COVID, I think, has caused a lot of people to be more aware of their health because they're realizing people that are having long-term complications with COVID or even passing away from COVID are those that have comorbid conditions and are overweight or have diabetes, have a heart condition. So I think people in general are becoming more aware of their health and improving their health. And so I think that is helping people learn about their PCOS or take more initiative in managing their PCOS. And as far as the piece, because you mentioned like it for you, especially along your journey, you felt lonely at times. And with like social distancing being a part of the pandemic, what can people do to support themselves? Social media can be good and bad. You just have to be aware how you use it. And there is a lot of misinformation out there about PCOS or confusing information and You may not know what's helpful for you, but there are people that you can connect with. I would connect with anyone if they want to talk to me about their PCOS. I would absolutely love it. So you can connect with me. But there's also other people that are also looking for some sort of friendship or someone that they can talk to about their PCOS. And just send them a DM. If they're not interested, then send someone else a DM and send me a DM. Finding a community online is definitely helpful. There are some Facebook groups. Just be mindful of the information that you take from there and remember that just because something worked for someone doesn't mean it will work for you and vice versa, but you can definitely connect with other individuals through those forms. <laughs> well, my final question is how can we raise more awareness around PCOS? Great question. I think, you know, being lives like this one, definitely... Being aware now that we've learned about a little bit about what PCOS is, if you know somebody that has it, bringing it in a nice way to their attention. Hey, I just learned about something called PCOS. Do you know about it? And you may think that what you're going through is normal. It could be something called PCOS and there is a way to manage it. Someone like that may not realize that they have. And I think just opening conversations in general about taboo subjects like periods and mental health. And I think the more that we have those types of conversations, people will be comfortable learning about those things for themselves and talking to others about it. Awesome. Do you have any last words that you want to share with anyone, Dr. Patel? 
just remember that you didn't cause your PCOS and just because you have PCOS doesn't mean that you are going to struggle with infertility and realize that you do have to live with PCOS for the rest of your life, but that doesn't mean that you have to struggle with the symptoms for the rest of your life. They can definitely be managed and realize that PCOS is really individualized. What works for some person may not work for another. And there are limited resources, but if you do find someone, you know, that understands PCOS, then instead of going through it alone, seek the resources of an expert that can help you get to your goals quicker. I love that. This has been great, Dr. Patel. Yeah, this was good. I really enjoyed doing this. And if anyone has questions, definitely you can reach out to me individually. That's definitely fine. You can reach out to her at PCOS Healing Adventure. And I'm saying it aloud because we're pulling this as I share it to our podcast as well. So our audience will be able to hear it and they can find out more information and reach out to you from there as well. Yeah. TikTok and YouTube. (laughs) So you can see my information there and you can reach out to me through any of those. Awesome. Thank you, Dr. Patel, for joining us again today. These are conversations creating change with PS Blossom. You can find this episode anywhere you listen to podcasts and reach out to Dr. Patel at any time. Everyone, have a great evening. You too. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed this. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Bye. Thank you.